I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We'll make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Oh, man, I am so excited to be back with Captain Influence for... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunch of yahoos talking boo-hoo. Yeah, they're going to talk about TV show reviews, some encouraging uh, nonsense, you know, some uh, bloody, bloody, blah stories, you know, the usual crap. When did you uh, start going by the Bill Bryan anyway? Uh, you know, you used to be the shadow and all that. And uh, well, well, actually... Yeah, anywho, um, this show's all about me. Dr. Carl. Speaking of which, who's this Carl person y'all keep talking about? You know, the Lord Thunder thing? Yeah, that's actually our friend? Yeah, well, he stole my name. He's a poser. I'm the real Carl. The only Carl. Yeah, alright, boys and girls. Let's go ahead and, uh, you know, uh, rock it. You know, I'm thinking that Lord Thunder is going to have some things to say to you, Copter Carl. I believe you just threw down the gauntlet, and believe me, this is not a battle that you can win. Let me just say that right now. Yeah, well, I'm over, hovering over his house right now, and uh, he doesn't appear to be home, so there's that. All right, that's enough of you. Thanks a lot, Copter Carl. Get out of here. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it is The Real Brian Show. With the real Brian, not Copter Carl, and Captain Influence. Welcome, Captain Influence! Oh, thanks for having me back. It's been uh, it's been too long. I wish I could have uh, helped you out last week, but it was too short a notice. Sorry. No, that's okay. You know what? It was one of those things where I came in and I was like, you know, I think I'm going to do an episode. And I have like a few minutes, so it's going to be a super short episode, and maybe I'll even have time to edit it, and we'll see. And it really was a, hey, you want to record in 15 minutes kind of thing. So, of course, I didn't expect you to be ready <laughs> or even available at all. It's so, all good. no worries. It's all good. No worries. Nice little short episode. Yeah. You know, we got to get rid of that Copter Carl. I don't, he, somehow he keeps breaking into the frequencies and everything else. Yeah. He was, you remember the two weeks ago when he was by my house? He was out there. He stayed there for like an hour after the show. You know, I'm still here listening. Okay, that's no, it. He, okay, all right, all right. How do we get rid of him? You, you can't get rid of You've me. You've got a soundboard, don't no, you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm always here. I'm with you forever. Uh, uh, so suck it. Uh, what an idiot, man. What an idiot. Wait, I think we did lose him. Did he? <sighs> okay, I don't know about you, but I've had it with him. So uh, anyway, Lord Thunder Copter Carl has thrown down the gauntlet on you. He believes that you are a poser and he is the real Carl. So respond take the high road lord thunder please no 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 respond in kind please (laughs) (laughs) okay take the low road (laughs) i'm ready well guess what captain influence oh i'm guessing it's friday thank god it's yeah come on sing along i guessed right thank god it's Is, is February here yet? Because I'm ready for this month to be over. This has been a bad month, man. 
Yeah, I know, dude. It's been terrible. I'm sorry. It's you really have been dumped on this month, haven't you? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, everybody's heard, you know, the saga that has been the real Brian and Miss Light's life with everything that's gone on. So I'm gonna add a little more to it. Get this. We also Ooh. discovered that our dishwasher had been, you know, leaking underneath our floor, our kitchen floor, our wood laminate. <laughs> I don't know how long, but we discovered it. Of course, the morning that we were leaving for the funeral and I was like, Man. oh my gosh, we, we had to go in our plane leaves. We got to go. You know, we threw the fans on it. We left it. We come back, you know, reported it to insurance. Of course, they came in, ripped all the floor out and said, yeah, you got mold and stuff. And oh, by the way, the linoleum mm-hmm. underneath has got asbestos. They, they tested it. Of course, it has asbestos in it. There's two layers really? of linoleum. Yeah. One of them obviously was from the original seventies and one of them was probably from the early eighties because I think they banned huh. it in the late eighties somewhere in there. Yeah. So it was somewhere. Yeah. So they got to send an asbestos team in to rip all that out eventually, but then they had to come back wow. and so they put in a dehumidifier and then one of those giant air purifier things, you know, really loud kind of thing. And then they're wow. like, we got to tear out your, your cabinets to make sure there's no mold there. And then we got to check the walls to make sure mold didn't grow up the drywall and then we got to check the floor and I'm like, well, yeah, because we don't want to disturb our neighbor. So thankfully the floor was okay underneath all of the flooring. That seems to be okay. The drywall was miraculously okay, but they ripped out our cabinets, which because it was 1970s construction, well, the counter is destroyed. The cabinets are destroyed and now the sink is just sitting on the, you know, this is the floor right now. So we have no kitchen. And wow. our laundry's in there too, so we can't do really do anything. And then they barriered it off. There's big giant, you know, plastic barriers and they've got all this stuff still running, but I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm, this has been a bad dude, month. Dude, take a deep breath. I know this too shall pass. You know, what's funny though, is when you're trying to manage stress and things keep happening to you really that are outside of your control, it's just kind of like, dude, seriously, <laughs> I can't, well, you're doing a really good job. Please stop. I'm trying to look at the positive here. Because who knows what the insurance is going to do, but I think we're going to get a new kitchen out of this whole thing because, well, (laughs) some of it has to get replaced, if not all of it, because it's unusable right now. So, Mm -hmm. hey, that's cool. You know, I mean, it was a 1970s kitchen. We had updated it with paint and stuff and new floor, but hey, we'll get new floor and new cabinets and a new counter. I don't know. You know, we'll have to get a new dishwasher. I think that's probably our expense, but hey, that's exciting. It wasn't planning yeah. on that, but uh, hey, that's cool. And then, you know, I talked about some of the stuff that happened last week. Well, you know, when when some doors close, other opportunities open. So I'm looking at it from that perspective. I'm trying to be positive and I'm trying not to be full on exhausted all the time. I had to get tea because, you know, I drink tea for the show and I was like, uh, I can't make tea at home. <laughs> so I got to run by somewhere and get some Man. tea real quick. So. Here I am with tea. The things we take for granted. Dude, you have no like, idea. Like having a kitchen. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. You know, when you're on a trip and you're living out of a hotel and you're going out to eat, you don't think about it. But when you're at home and you're just thinking like, man, I just need a glass of water or, or I just need to make some tea or I need to warm up my breakfast and make co- I can't even make coffee. I mean, it's just it's the weirdest thing. So you're right. You really do take for granted the the simple things that we have in life. Where did you go for the funeral? We went to Fresno, California. Okay. How are the lines at the airport? I mean, not bad. We have TSA pre-check, so it was full. I mean, okay, now but, granted, so pre-check is a lot longer, of course, than it used to be. Right. Because, you know, they pushed everybody to go get pre-check. You still go right. fairly quickly because you don't have to take all your clothes off. I kind of miss that, though. 
there's just something. I'm sure you do. There's something special about that. So they go faster because of that. But of course, the main lines at DIA are, you know, just wrapped, constantly wrapped around. But then coming back, the airport was dead at DIA. So, okay. yeah, I was fishing for info because I have, I have two flights coming up the next month and a half. And and so I'm a, a little nervous about the whole government shutdown thing. When we went through, they were doing their jobs. Interestingly and surprisingly, they weren't angry. Mm-hmm. I very much expected that at least that much. I'm, I'm thinking I'm totally guessing here that their supervisors, uh, you know, across the country might be like, hey, you know, folks, please stick this out with us because eventually this is going to end and you guys are all going to get a huge bonus out of this. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'd like to think is going on right now. So and, and if and if so, they totally deserve it. So totally yeah, I, good to hear. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll hope for yes. the best. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I want to say this, though, the, the trip actually went really well. And I'm going to I'll share a little bit more about that in a little bit because I've got some some cool things to kind of share along that. But so as I mentioned, I can't make coffee and I did get a chance to meet up with Lord Thunder while we were out there. He brought us some coffee, which was so exciting. And I was very excited to try some. And that's when our kitchen got ripped out. So I haven't even tried it yet, but it smells Uh. so good. And I just wanted to say thanks, Lord Thunder. Right now, I'm unfortunately having to go. I'm having to go buy coffee. And well, that's not unfortunate, but I haven't been able to try the coffee yet because I I can't make any. So stay tuned on that. But I'm so excited. And thank you, Lord Thunder. But you did. I hear you have an upgrade. Is this possible? Yes, I have upgraded on the coffee front. Wow. My wife's schedule's changed recently, and so I have been making her and I coffee every day for the last couple of weeks. And she's not a huge Folgers fan, imagine that. And so she was putting up with it in the past where the occasional time I had to make her coffee. But So she started getting us much nicer coffee. I've been having a... Have you heard of Illy brand? I have, yes. We've been drinking an espresso of theirs. Not, not with an espresso machine. It's just a really fine ground we've been just been using it with a regular percolate percolator but but it's really good and i like it a lot and nice. i still have my folgers for a backup just in case i run out of good stuff but i just wanted to let you know i'm moving up in the world and good i'm sure uh, i think lord thunder would be happy to hear that so i yeah. i would agree with you i know illy i've seen it and i can't remember if i've had it if i've had it it's been basically you know you go to a coffee shop and they serve that okay but i don't know because i've never purchased it myself and actually made it myself but do you like the taste better? Yeah, I do. And and again, I don't drink my coffee black. But I've instead of using the powder creamer that I was using with Folgers. In other words, instead of using the full-on ghetto coffee setup that I was having oh, on yeah. that I was going with before, I use the uh the Carnation Pure Bliss okay. creamer, which is just like a couple ingredients, which is why I liked it because it, it's of all the creamers you can buy, it has the by far the least ingredients in it. Yeah. So, I've been using that and so it's just a different taste. It's not as wholesome, quote unquote, or chocolatey, I would say, as the Folgers ghetto setup I was going with before, but it's definitely good. So nice. I'm happy. Good. Well, I'm glad that you are, you know, evolving. Yes. Yes. You're moving up in the world. You're, you're yeah, this is a good thing, man. This is a good thing. Even old dogs can learn new tricks. <laughs> that is such a true statement right there. Believe me. Delta, a little over 12 years old. She's still learning new things, man. That's great. oh that's funny well congratulations on the new coffee that is a a huge thing on that i want to say thank you so much by the way for those of you who have jumped in to help out with the real brian show 
We are actually seeing the Justice League of the Real Brian Show building. We need to create, you know, a name because Justice League is taken, unfortunately. So I don't know. Maybe the the, the Super Squad or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's terrible. <laughs> we we do need. Anyway, we're, we're starting to see this whole thing building and I'm excited. And I was, you know, very much expecting to be moving forward on this a lot earlier in the month. But, you know, as we've mentioned, things have happened. So. Uh, I'm a little behind on stuff right now because of, of life happening to us. So my goal is as of today and, you know, next week and all that, we're going to start seeing some movement forward. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for helping out, jumping in and being willing to take on some of the teamwork here. I'm, I'm really excited about that. And then also thank you very much for the support that is coming in through Patreon and other ways. I really appreciate that. Honestly, thank you. So if you're not, Doing that, if you're not involved yet, still love to have you involved, even if it's something like, hey, I've got some ideas for things for you to talk about and or people for you to interview, because Mm -hmm. let's put it this way. We love coming up with ideas, but I love talking about other people's ideas, too. So always looking for your ideas of topics. Let me know. I mean, seriously, let me know. My email links, everything are in the show notes. Just send them my way. If you're just like, hey, I've got this great topic I'd love for you to cover at some point, or I've got this person that would be a great person to interview or whatever, or even just a suggestion. Hey, really wish you could, you know, get, I don't know, who's who's somebody famous? Richard Travis Bran- Bagwell. Yeah, Travis Bagwell. Richard Branson on your show. Yeah, you know, okay, cool. Thanks for the idea. I'll, I'll call Richard tonight. I'll, I'll text him. So stuff like that. And of course, would still love for your help on Patreon, please. Patreon.com slash real Brian show. Check it out. Let's let's move this show forward. Let's move this show in greater heights. This is going to be so exciting. Thank you so much again. Really appreciate it. And and now let me tell you some positive stories here with the funeral. It was cool. Do I've experienced death and other things, you know, and, and attended funerals. This was definitely the toughest. So far, you know, that was really? that was really, really hard, really tough to get through, but it was good. It was really neat to see the family. Of course, it was a really neat celebration of his life. What was cool is so I told you, I think I've mentioned this before. He was in the Marines and he worked for American Airlines. He was a top executive there. He's done a lot of stuff. The thing I didn't realize was that I think it was back in the 1960s. Troops would get transported if they had, if they were fallen troops, basically they would get transported on over to the United States, back to their families in eh, not the best ways ever. And so my granddad was responsible for saying, let's create a program here that basically the airlines and at first American airlines, because you know he worked for them would transport fallen troops home to their families in a very dignified and very respectful way for free. Like the airlines would cover the cost for that. He started that. I didn't know that. And of course, all the airlines do that now and it's, it's normal now, but he started that whole thing and that's why he won one of the, I think he won the top award in American airlines back in the sixties and only a handful of people ever have won that award. You know, one of the perks he got with that award was he could fly positive space for free anywhere in the world. Anytime he wanted. I mean, we all got passes, but you know, family passes are, you pay, you still pay for it. It's a little cheaper and you know, you get bumped. You're, you're like bottom of the barrel. So now of course, post nine 11, they pack the airlines out. They pack every plane out. Now they didn't used to do that, but you know, they do they now. Over so they overpack. Yes. Every flight now. So as a standby, yeah. you're rarely ever going to get on a flight anymore. And so flying standby is almost impossible. So it used to be a cool thing when <laughs> I was a kid and you know, it's just not, not as easy to do anymore. And anyway, point being though, that was a really cool reward that my granddad got. And also just a really amazing thing that he did. 
and I, for some reason, I never really understood the scope of how cool of a program it was that he, that he did, that he started. So, um, that was a neat thing to kind of hear about, you know, at the funeral and then being a Marine, they did the full military honors at the gravesite guns and everything. It was such a neat little honors though. I mean, of course they did the flag fold and, you know, presented my mom with it. She's the eldest sister and they presented all of the, the spent shells and everything. It was just, wow. I mean, it was, I'd never seen anything really like that in person. So that was a neat little thing, but, but it was really cool. I got to play the piano. I mentioned I was going to do that. And I mentioned that for the first time in, you know, more than 10 years, I actually felt joy playing the piano again, which is really cool. And being and were able you rusty to, at all. A little bit, but surprisingly not as much as I thought. In fact, I had less than a week to play and or to practice and it it came back really quickly. So that was nice. Good. But being able to, you know, essentially play for the family and those that were there for the funeral. uh, And he had specifically requested, you know, one of the songs I wrote and then another one that uh, memory from cats. So being able to play those two songs was really neat. And I felt like, man, this is this is what it used to feel like playing the piano. So you know, there's a little bit of quote resurrection life of my music, you know, even in the midst of death, which I thought was a cool thing, you know, looking at, mm-hmm. look at what's come from this, you know, it was almost 91. So anyway, it was a very, very interesting. Like I said, I've been to funerals before people that were close, but this one just was very different. So it was a, it was a good, it was obviously extremely sad, but it was a good experience and it was good to see some of the family. Interestingly enough, this is just a random thing, but you know, I come from, of course, a family of musicians. As I mentioned before, my great grandfather and family were like responsible for what is now modern country. Ugh. <laughs> you know how much oh, I hate really? country. I hate country, but they were more bluegrass and folk and, you know, cowboy. But yeah, the Crockett, they had different names. Crockett Family Band, Crockett Family Mountaineers. You know, you can find them on Spotify. But anyway, very, very famous band in that in their time. But most of my family are a bunch of musicians and one of my cousins plays piano. She's awesome. She played prelude, postlude, you know, stuff like that. And she's awesome. She's classically trained, but her son who five or six, I, I don't remember people's ages very well. I think he's five or six. He has perfect pitch already. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, huh. that's incredible. You yeah, play a note I mean, on the piano. Oh, that's a C or that's a G. Wow. Talent, man. It's good to see that. So tying in something interesting, going back to, you know, how my granddad would fly positive space and how we got passes. One interesting thing that American airlines did for the family, which was very cool. They basically gave all of us positive space, free tickets to fly to the funeral and back. So that's a cool gift from American airlines. I just, I don't know if it's a cool gift until you tell us what positive space is. Ah, okay. So when you, they call it non-revenue or non-rev, essentially you are not paying full price. If you fly on quote airline passes, buddy passes, family passes, you're paying a discounted rate and you are on what they call standby. Right. This gift that my granddad received when he was working positive space means he gets on the plane, no matter what they'll bump regular paying passengers off to put him on. That's how important he was. So positive. Wow. That's like, if I were one of the people bumped, I would be pissed beyond belief no matter who oh, is yeah. being and or what they've done. Yeah. So to be fair, my granddad never allowed them to do that to him. He Good always him. would step off and say, nope, these people are paying. They need to get to their destinations there. They come first. So just so you know, he was a cool like guy. A boss. He was a respectful dude. 
So all that to be said, they put us on the airplanes with that positive space free. We didn't pay a thing. That was a really nice gift. You know, we were, we were going to have to spend, you know, flying to Fresno. It's like a thousand dollars round trip kind of thing. It's ridiculous because it's such a small place. It's like, (laughs) come on guys. It's not, it's not a vacation destination or anything like that. So anyway, so that was a huge gift, huge gift. But at the same time, one of the things you're supposed to do, you're supposed to dress up. You can't wear jeans or t-shirts or, you know, anything like that. You have to look respectful flying on passes. You've got to respect the gate agents, but well, wouldn't you ordinarily? Well, you you know, you think, I've never, I've never in my life witnessed anyone disrespect gate agents. Oh, are you ahead. kidding? No, never. Oh my gosh. Well, maybe it's not as common nowadays because people book their stuff online and they don't even really talk to the gate agents anymore. But you know, you used to have to go in and you would book your ticket. You have to, what you'd call, right? You would call American airlines. I'm trying to, or any airline, you'd call them up and book the ticket. Then you'd go right. check in and then you'd always have to go check in at the gate and then you'd right. talk to the gate and they would assign you seats and stuff. I, we just don't do that anymore. So sure. that's probably why you don't see a lot of that. But, oh, my gosh, gate agents were some of the most beat up people in the airlines because people would <laughs> always be angry and they'd always take it out on the gate agents. And, of course, it wasn't even their fault in the first place. But, of course, we had an interesting experience that I just was going up and saying, hey, you know, is it possible to get an emergency exit row so I can have some room? I'm six four, Of course, there's no room in the back. I mean, I was super nice. But my theory was, it doesn't hurt to ask. Let's just go see what they say. Of course. Every one of them were so nice. In fact, the first leg coming out of Denver, I, we didn't even say a word. She just called us up and she said, hey, we couldn't get you on first class, but we put you at an emergency exit row. And I thought, what? what, what? <laughs> I didn't even know we were supposed to be on first class. Well, it was one of those, I guess, because of the situation, the funeral and everything, they were trying to be nice and put us on first. And I thought, wow, that was that was really cool, too. There were a couple things that I realized that one respecting them, treating them well, of course, of course, of course, and dressing up, of course, that that's the weird part, but okay. Well, it is what it is. You know, they treat you better when you're dressed up versus, you know, not anyway, they were super nice and they were super accommodating and they did all these things for us. They were wonderful. And I guess what I came away with is treat people with respect, treat them nice. Of course. I mean, this is a duh. It doesn't hurt to ask. That's one of the things. In fact, there's a lot of times where people just don't ask at all. So right. it, it doesn't hurt to ask. The worst they can say is no, right? One of the gate agents said, you know, when you put good things out into the world, it comes back. And I was trying to figure out why she said that to us. Maybe it's because we treated her nice and with respect and all that. And I don't know, but it was just one of those really interesting things, which got me then thinking because later I'm on the road driving. And of course, you've got these two drivers that are full on disrespectful, just going crazy. And I'm like, you know, here we are. Here we go again. You know, just a reminder of of disrespect. And they weren't necessarily disrespectful to me. It was that it was a 35 mile an hour speed limit. And they were clearly driving 50, tailing me, whipped around and just, you know, going 50 miles an hour into 35 and just didn't care. You know, they're not just disrespecting me. They're disrespecting the law. They're disrespecting police people, you know, police people, police officers. More More like they're being the faster you go over a speed limit. And, and I, you know, I, I go a little over the speed limit typically, but well, sure. the faster you go over the speed limit, the more dangerous the situation. So it's not just of a matter course. of disrespecting. Yeah. It's a matter of consideration. You know? Sure. Well, so. so there you go. Actually, that's a, that's a great word. So consideration and respect, I think actually do kind of go hand in hand. Oh, absolutely. So I, I don't know. I just got into this interesting thought process about respecting others and how respecting others really pays off. I mean, it really truly does. And yet 
it's like, well, duh, Brian. But here's the thing. Obviously, not all of us get that because I see people disrespecting people consistently or they're like you said, they're not considerate. And so I, I thought of this. Maybe there's three types of disrespectful people because I don't think everybody is intentionally maliciously disrespectful. Most people are probably not. There are the full on disrespectful people who are angry, pissed off at life. I mean, you know me, I I was angry and I was yelling at the refs at the game this week because I was so (laughs) angry and my fuse was short. Well, that was full on disrespectful. I felt terrible afterwards because I, I shouldn't be acting like that. One, two, I wouldn't want their job. It's a thankless job. And three, it had nothing to do with the refs. It had everything to do with me. I was, I've been dealing with a tough month and I took it out on them. That's my fault. So that's a full on disrespectful moment. I intended it. I wanted to hurt someone because I felt bad, you know? So that's terrible. You took the superhero out of your pocket and threw it on the ground all wet and soggy and stomped on it and became a super villain. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. The first one is full on disrespect. The second one is the semi respect. So it's the person that really says like, I mean, they're not going to actually admit this, but they're thinking whether it's conscious or not. You know, as long as it benefits me, I'm going to respect you. So, you know, as long as I can get first class, I'm going to respect the gate agent. But behind their back, I'm going to trash them. As long as they don't hear I'm trashing them, I guess that's okay. <laughs> Still not okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what you don't know can't hurt you. I mean, that's, well, that's a really true statement. As okay. long as it literally can't hurt you. You know, if I'm, if I'm making fun of a gate agent behind their back and, and only my spouse hears me, I would never do this, by the way. But if they don't hear me doing it and I'm respectful to them and their, to their face, then whatever. Although, so (laughs) you're probably right in that sense is that they'll probably never know. And you're, you're probably right. They'll think you're the greatest person ever. And you're sitting there just ripping them behind their backs. They'll never know. But one day someone somewhere is going to realize that you're talking about people behind their backs. And then they're going to start to wonder if you're talking about them behind their back. And then eventually you're no longer going to be a trusted individual. It's a good thing I never do that. Yeah. Well, and I, I've had tendencies to do that because that's Brian. Those are the people I ran with. It's like, you, you know, you talk about people and you get angry at people and you do that. And then you start to go, I really shouldn't be doing this. This is bad because they're going <laughs> to, this is just wrong. You know what? I say it to her face. No, <laughs> I shouldn't be saying it at all then. All right. So there's that person. Then there's the third person, which I think is most people is the oblivious disrespectful person. You know, they have, they're so consumed with themselves. You know, it's all the world's all right. Revolving around you, that kind of thing. You don't even realize that you're disrespecting others. That's probably the majority of people that are disrespectful, which that comes back to awareness and consideration, which is the word you used, which I like. I got to thinking about this in, in a bunch of different ways is I'm sure we've all had experiences with people who are one of these three people. And I also heard a great quote that Sarah sent me from William Arthur Ward was wise are those who learn that the bottom line doesn't always have to be their top priority. And I just thought, yeah, okay, that's appropriate and timely right now. People that get laid off, let go, replaced with someone cheaper, etc. They're not being considerate and respectful of that person. Now, granted, if the person is not performing in the job well and they need to find someone better, that's a totally different story. But of course, if you're letting go of someone because they're, you know, too much, too much, you know, they're they're or dozens of someone's which happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many times have we heard, especially in the tech industry where 
people are getting laid off because, you know, they've worked there for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and they're making a salary now that it's like, dude, we could fire every one of these people, even though they're close to retirement now and go get someone fresh out of college and, you know, pay them twenty five, thirty thousand $30,000 a year. My engineer buddies tell me that that is just the way the world is in yeah. their industry. That happens all the time. And the bottom line is therefore the top priority. Well, those are exactly. not wise people. And unfortunately, no. they're not considerate nor respectful <laughs> either, right? And nor do they give a damn. I look at it. Now, granted, maybe this is why I'm not a millionaire is because I like to put people first. I like to say, how can I help that person? How can I help that person put food on their table, for example, even if it isn't the best bottom line for me? Who cares? That person deserves it, you know? Yeah. So that makes you special, Brian. That's that's great. Uh, I, I wish that were the way the game is played in the corporate world. Well, it'd be awesome. Would that would that be a weird paradigm shift? Holy cow! Yeah. Well, I think I think it is in some. <laughs> I really do. I think it is in some. I, I mentioned Rabbi Daniel Lappin and how the Jews do a lot of that kind of thing too, where they they actually yeah. support each other, and so they're it does relatively happen. wealthy yeah. people too. So, well, some of them are. You know what I'm saying? You, you it can be done. Yeah, it can of be course done. It can be. Yeah. Now, granted, we're not going to change corporate America. We're not going to change the people that are up there, and that's fine. But we can choose not to work for places like that. What we can instead do is can we inspire a culture of some kind, whether it's a company culture or even taking, let's just even take the bottom line. Let's take the financial side out of the bottom line and look at what our bottom lines are in general. Maybe our bottom lines are, you know, I want friends or something like that, or I want to play video games or, you know what I'm saying? Like it has nothing to do with money, but it's a, you know, if I'm going to play video games, I better get my way or else kind of thing. And so my bottom line is I get my way or else I'm not your friend anymore. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah. So I'm going to take my ball and go home. Exactly. So, I, mean, <laughs> I feel like the bottom line thing can really be applied to almost every aspect of our life, you know? Yeah, you're right. You're, so that's, that's a good way of thinking of it. My hope here is that this can inspire us to create a culture, whether it's in work or in personal life that, uh, yeah, the bottom line is not the top priority for one. Two is, we need to respect and be considerate of others and we're not going to be perfect at this. So I'm not looking for people to be perfectly respectful and considerate all the time. I'm just saying, do you realize that you're disrespecting others? Yeah. Be more mindful. Uh, I think is the takeaway of, of you know, yeah. I think most of the people who listen to this show are, are exceptionally good people. Oh, of course. Uh, That's why they listen to just the because, show. <laughs> I mean, just because the people people in our demographic often, you know, I, I just feel like they tend to be less of the oblivious or selfish or jockish, if you will, yeah. uh, type of person. So, yeah, I, I agree. Mean, then we as a community can inspire others to do the same then. Sure. So just to say like, oh, lead I'm, by example, I, I'm good. Well, yeah, but what about our what about our other friends and family? Can we inspire them to also be good and respectful and considerate too? So, yeah, yeah, I like that. So here's my here's my little takeaway thing: is reflect on how you respect or don't others, or even those around you. You know, if you're thinking of someone right now, and and again, it goes back to whether it's in your personal life or even in your work life. But how can we each? How can each of us choose to treat others like a human being and respect them and be considerate of them and inspire others to do the same? So. I would love some feedback on this one too, because I guarantee we could get 10,000 stories of how we've been disrespected in our lives or how we've disrespected others. Be honest. You sure. know, we all have. 
You oh, know? Yeah. Share these stories, but also share ways. I mean, if some of you go, here's what I do to respect others and be considerate and it works or here's what I do to inspire others. You'll learn from you too. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's superhero. Yes. Unleash your superhero fools. Speaking of superheroes, Lord Thunder drove all the way. Now, granted, he's like, it wasn't that long, dude. It was like four hours one way, man. Wow. I find that to be an exceptional above and beyond gift just to meet you just to come. Well, he had already met me, but (laughs) he came to meet Sarah. Let's just be honest. Okay. 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 (laughs) He'd never met Sarah, but yeah, he came out to see us and it was about three and a half to four hours. I think, you know, where he, where he was coming from. And that was such a cool gesture. I just wanted to say thank you again. I mean, I've already told him that, but I'm saying it yet again, because how cool is that? We got to hang out for a few hours. We went out to great Italian food. Oh, so there's this place in Fresno. It's called the Chico's Italian. It's kind of a local place. They have these calzones and you can get them what they call al forno, which means smothered in cheese (laughs) in addition to the cheese already in them. And of course, you know, Carl and I, that's what we did. It was, it was glorious. Oh my gosh. I could even choke to death on cheese. That's good. No, 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 no. It just goes down smoothly. It was so good. So, (laughs) oh my gosh, beautiful thing. And then we went over to uh, my favorite coffee shop in Fresno, which is cup of joy and great place. They've been around for a while, roast their own coffee. It was really good. So we got to hang out there and just have fun and catch up and have a good time. So uh, again, Thank you. Huge. Thank you to Lord Thunder for coming out. It's good to see him in person again. I wish we lived in the same city. This is, you know, he's one of those people you wish you could hang out with all the time. Yeah. Cool guy. Like you. Sounds like like it. you, by the way, whatever. Pretty much like <laughs> almost everybody that I know that listens to the show that I actually interact with. I wish we were all in the same city. I really do. Yeah, it's so cool. All right, let's tribalism. do this. That's tribalism, Brian. Tribalism. Sweet, man. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> let's all group up together. <laughs> Speaking of tribalism, it feels good. Speaking of tribalism, isn't that what everybody does on starships? They all group up together and live together and work together. And speaking of starships, dude, the Orville season two is out (laughs) and Star Trek Discovery season two is out. Oh, okay. Just tell tell me when I can start nerding out about Discovery. Okay, we're going to get into it in just a second. Let me ask you, though, have you seen any of the episodes of season two of Orville yet? No, I still haven't seen the first season. What? I know I said several <gasps> several episodes ago, I said, okay, I'm going to do that. I never did it. <sighs> I haven't seen a single episode of Orville. Yeah. You got to go watch it. I know. Eventually, I will. I finally got around to watching the first two episodes of season two. Now, I believe they're through episode four or five now. I've heard nothing but complaints about the first two episodes. Everybody either thought it was just poorly done or you know they were offended by it or they just really didn't like it or you know there was a lot a lot now i read a lot online and i've heard from multiple people that have watched the first two episodes and really were not happy now granted i think the only person that i talked to that actually was okay with the first two episodes was seven blue seven so i decided i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna give my own opinion on this one i'm not gonna go into a lot here because if you haven't seen it i don't want to spoil too much but i'm gonna give you enough to you know decide whether whether or not you want to watch I would say the first episode didn't bother me at all. I enjoyed it, but here's kind of how I see it. And I can see why people were upset about it. It did not really have a story. It was one of those episodes where like in Star Trek, the next generation, which I compare Orville to a lot. There's a lot of character development. So basically episode one of season two was pretty much just a bunch of character development with all of the different characters, which I think is great. 
Did they have new characters or were they just further developing the old characters? Further developing the old characters. Okay. Which is great. I have no problem with that. However, if you look at Star Trek, the next generation, they didn't do that really until season four because, you know, you got to get to know the characters before you care about them. And mm-hmm. in fact, one of the best episodes that I thought was wonderful, just like this. So you've got the best of both worlds, you know, episodes one and two, one of the most epic Star Trek episodes ever. And it was very story driven. And then what follows best of both worlds part two, the episode family where Picard goes home to France and visits his family. There's really no story there except it's full on development of Picard's backstory. But you cared at that point because he had just been assimilated by a Borg. He was saved. He's going through this traumatic now memory of basically wiping out thousands of lives. He was controlled. So now you're seeing this development about a person you truly care about. So there was a great example right there of good character development at the right time. And I think this was just not the right time. You should have started season two with a bang. Right. So maybe the middle of season two, they could have done an episode like this and it probably would have been fine. But yeah, character development episodes should always be in the middle of a season period. Yeah. Yeah. Period. You start with a bang and you end with a bang. That's how science fiction seasons succeed. I agree. So that I think was a timing issue rather than it was a bad episode in my opinion. Anyway, now episode two was interesting. Now I've heard some comments (laughs) of saying that, Oh, great. You know, it's a, here we go. Seth MacFarlane's turning it into family guy. It's totally inappropriate. You know, that was some of the stuff I read. I I don't agree with that. That's, that's not, which I thought he would do in the first place, but go ahead. No, it's not at all. I mean, you know, he crossed the line with family guy many, many times consistently and awesomely. I will add, go ahead, but Orville's never done that. What I do like about the Orville, though, that I don't think a lot of others. So a lot of shows, and I've mentioned this a thousand times. I don't like this. They push agendas. Right. The Orville explores stuff. So they won't push anything necessarily as much as they're. They're just talking about it. They're putting it out there and they're letting you make the decision, which I kind of I kind of admire that, you know, because sometimes you got to address topics that people are afraid to talk about. Well, what was episode two about pornography addiction? Really? That's a pretty (laughs) bold thing to, you know, go after. So on one hand, I applaud them for tackling a kind of a, like a risky subject. Let's cut. I'm not saying risque. I mean, risky, like that's a risk to do because people don't talk about that kind of thing. So I applaud that. And I think it was addressed in a way that was like, Hey, this is kind of, I mean, I don't think it was addressed perfectly by any means there were some things that i'd like eh, i don't know if i'd agree with that whatever but at the same time they addressed it and it had kind of a cool ending i liked that but here's the problem there's two main story storylines in this episode was that and then another one which involved again i don't want to give away anything but it involved the star and the planet you'll know what i mean when you see it that story was actually really cool that got the minority of attention in the episode it should have been flip-flopped they should have definitely made the star in the planet story priority and then made this other side, definitely a side story with less screen time. They put a little too much screen time in it. They definitely uh, like, they don't show you anything because it is a TV show. So it's not something that you're going to see anything inappropriate, but they left a lot of, yeah, they left a lot (laughs) up to the imagination that I'm just like, I no my gosh, I did not even want to even think about that kind of thing. Like, thank you. That was uh, so 
there were times where I was I'm, like, this sucks. This sucks. But again, I applaud them for at least tackling the subject, but it was not a good episode in that sense. I don't know. It I, doesn't I, sound like the type of subject any science fiction show should or would tackle. What a weird social. And that's. First of all, I don't, I don't think that's near as, as dangerous as like abortion or something like that. That would be a risky subject that they wouldn't even probably think sure, of touching. But sure. Pornography addiction. So. They're talking about something that affects every 15-year-old American boy on the planet. Or uh, most adult males. Or, <laughs> or yeah, okay, whatever. Let's uh, be honest. But especially, but especially teenagers. I mean, for good reason. That's just, I'm just weirded out that they even talked about something like that. Well, and I think that was a lot of the reviews that I heard was that people were saying, this doesn't belong on a sci-fi show. So you're right. Like I, <laughs> and, and not it, because it's offensive, just because it's just so out of place on a sci-fi show. And in so I guess now granted, of course they use the holodeck type of thing. So in many ways, I mean, how many times did people bring up in the holodeck of star Trek, the next generation stuff like that in conversation? I mean, they didn't bring it up in the show, but people inside conversation would talk about that. Oh man, if only I had a holodeck dude, you know, I mean, there's a lot <laughs> right. of, so I mean, it's, it's not entirely out of place and True. I applaud them for tackling it, but it was, and by the way, when I say risky, I don't mean risky. Like you said, like abortion, that's a risky topic to address in a sci-fi show, but I mean risky in the sense that people just don't talk about it. Uh-huh. So I applaud that. Yeah. But again, it was, it wasn't a well done episode. Let's put it that way. They did not execute it correctly, huh. but I've heard that episode three was far better and I haven't watched it yet. So they did a great episode on social stuff uh, in season one about they go to a planet that's basically almost like Earth today in our time, 2019 kind of thing. Plastic everywhere. Yeah, you know, and, and people are on their phones and addicted to their phones and everything's social and addicted to social media, of course. And basically everybody is judged by their social profiles and stuff. They took it a step further in saying that people were, you know, if you get too many basically unlikes, you get executed, essentially. Wow. So it, it's it like was, that episode of Black Mirror uh, it, Extreme. Something kind of like that, but yeah, they, they did. They definitely tied it in really well to kind of what earth today is like. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's scary. So that was a social thing that really didn't have a whole lot to do with sci-fi. But to me, that was one of the best episodes in season one because they're visiting a planet. Yeah, it, it was cool. It was worth it. So to me, they Orville does a really good job of just kind of looking at some of these different types of modern day subjects within the realm of sci-fi in the future. It's really cool. So I like that. Okay, but All let's right. talk discovery. Conversely to the first couple episodes of Orville, wow. Yeah. Season two, episode one of Discovery. Have you seen it yet? I did. I want to hear your thoughts first. Okay. Okay. Well, my thoughts can be summed up in one word. Bad ass. That is one word. (laughs) Wow. Was that a good episode? And I thought that that one episode, I had mixed feelings about the first season like we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I thought it was kind of a roller coaster ride. I thought the first, the whole first season was worth watching just to get to season two. Yeah. And, you know, with the exception of a few extremely gratuitous Tilly scenes, Tilly, if you don't know about the show, is the token autistic crew member of the Discovery. Is she oh, autistic? she's extreme. Oh, very much so. That's oh. her thing. Okay, yeah. I didn't she- realize that. I thought she was just super unconfident and socially awkward. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's autistic and uh, she's functioning autistic, which a lot of us are. She's kind of the cute slash annoying autistic character. And she's, I think I feel like she's in the show just to, just to show autistic people. Hey, 
you could be a Starfleet officer too. Yeah. No, she could not really be a Starfleet officer. Let's put if yeah. once you see the first episode, you realize, okay, yeah, she's a fun character, I suppose. I know somebody who's really annoyed by her, by the way, but she's a fun character sometimes and, and there are there are cute scenes with her sometimes, but she could never have gotten where she is on the starship being that way. She just couldn't. Okay, hold on though. I actually But that's but that's beside the point. Well, the whole, no, hold on, I mean, hold on. The, the, whole, the episode's fantastic. I know, but hold on, let me let me just say that though, because I'm not entirely sure I agree with you because I think she could probably be a phenomenal science officer. And I think, you know, it might be a little hard, a little socially awkward, but let's be honest, how many science types are not awkward? You know what I mean? Most people that I know that are super brilliant when it comes to science, that's their thing. They're not as socially graceful. So I think she would actually do extremely well as a science officer. She could probably move her way up in the ranks as a science officer, but where you're talking about, she is in command training to become a captain someday. And you're right in that sense. I don't see how it's possible. Um, But again, I'm not, I just (laughs) talked, I took her as someone who's just not confident, but no, it's interesting. That's a, that's a totally different discussion that we could get into later, but interesting. Okay. But the episode, but I mean, just, I'm not going to give anything away because you got to watch the episode. It's, I just, I was just so happy with it after the first season. I was just, wow. I hope they keep going down this road because it's done so well. That's my thoughts. Yeah, I agree. I loved it. And I thought it was well done. The pacing was good. At first, I thought it was a little slow, but then they, they mixed it in with some good fast pace and some good storytelling, good slow pace. So it was nice. There was a little bit more humor, I thought, in this yeah. one than there was in most of season one. I thought there was good balance on things. So overall, yes, it was a great, great start to season two. So yes, very good. Very exciting. Christopher Pike coming in. Everybody knows that from the previews, though. It was really cool to see Captain Pike. Right. It was worth it. Definitely. I totally agree. Star Trek. You know, you're right. The first half of, of discovery of season one, just, eh, but it just took off and it exploded and I had so much fun with it. But yes, this, this was a great episode, a great start. See, that's what I mean is that Orville should have done that. They should have started season two with a bang like this and then moved forward. But even then this episode still had some great backstory and development as well. Yeah. A little bit. So that was cool. An appropriate amount. Exactly. Exactly. So that, that's what, yeah, I like it. Yeah. The only other show I watched sci-fi that I've watched recently on Netflix was a movie called IO. I've heard and about that. I was kind of disappointed in it. It's really slow. It's very somber. It's fairly well acted, not the best writing. The premise of it basically is that earth has turned against us and because it's just been over polluted or whatever. And so the atmosphere has changed composition and uh, it's, killing everybody and everything alive. Mm. And so almost all of humanity has gone on this great diaspora off to a colony in the solar system. Guess where? Guess what's the most logical place you would ever put a human colony in the solar system? Probably Mars. Probably. Guess where they went? Jupiter. The name of the show. Okay. Io. The moon of the, yeah. Io. The, the least hospitable moon. <laughs> on uh, that's that that's closest to a planet that has the biggest radiation field in our solar system just setting foot onto io you would have to i can't even imagine the radiation shielding you would need and uh, i mean the whole moon the reason it's so volcanic is because it's constantly being squished one way and the other by the gravity of of jupiter it's so deep inside jupiter's gravity well so it's it's baked all the time by its radiation it's it's compressed and squished all the time. It's just the worst possible place the writers could have 
I mean, it's like they had no, they didn't seek out any astrophysicist's opinion on mm. any of this. So, wow. so if, if you're at all a sciencey, geeky type, you're going to have a problem with the general plot of this show. It's like science fiction that was written for people who have no idea about science or, or physics or astronomy or anything like that. That's too bad. It is too bad, but I'm past it. And uh, I'm just here to say it wasn't that good. Suck it, Trebek. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. Well, it, I just realized it has a 4.7 out of 10 on IMDb, which is really bad. I'm, I'm impressed it was that much. Oh my gosh. That that means it's a bad, you know, it's one thing if it's like Sharknado and they're usually rated in the threes out of 10. But that's the whole point. They're supposed to be bad and you laugh at them and they're terrible. But when something's trying to be serious and it gets that rating, skip it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. One thing that I'm (laughs) hoping that's good is the new movie glass, which I've not seen yet. And I'm wanting to do a rewatch of unbreakable and split this weekend so that we can go see glass Tuesday so that I can hopefully be on uh, talking about that next week because I loved split. I don't remember unbreakable. It's been so long. Oh, it's a long time. I didn't realize that it was going to be a trilogy. I thought I didn't I'd never heard of Split and I saw Unbreakable and it was okay. I liked it. Yeah, Split um, was phenomenal. Okay. I don't know if Glasses is good, but hey, let's pull it together. Let's have some fun. Let's see what happens. You know, Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, come out to the coast. We'll have a few laughs. <laughs> I just, watched, I just watched Die Hard the other night, by the way. I did too, actually. That was funny. Like That's a couple funny. weeks ago, I was just watching this. Listen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Don't <laughs> worry. I'm a cop. <laughs> and Alita, Alita, Alita battle, angel? battle angel. Yeah. The yippee Kaye mother Alita battle angel. That's, that's a, that's a new movie. It's a new, no Alita battle angel. I've talked about it. We're getting really close. Comes out February 14th. So excited. I, honestly, I probably have way too high of expectations. I keep saying that. So we'll do it. It's coming, but um, we're going to wrap up here in a minute, but I just wanted to say that that Spider-Man game, Marvel Spider-Man for the PS4. So awesome. And it's awesome to watch. Yeah. I watch you play it. I watch him play it. Everyone. That's how lame I am. I watch Brian play a game on Twitch and it's it's a blast to watch. It's fun. What? I sit there and eat popcorn and watch him play. (laughs) It is. Well, so actually, cool. I drink. I drink smoothies and watch you play. Actually, well, that's, so, yeah, that's yeah. better. The popcorn would be fun too, though. From what I understand, and I don't know the whole history of the game yet, but from what I understand, they actually took Manhattan and they recreated it down to the last detail. All the buildings, all the details on the buildings, and you as Spider-Man, of course, are swinging through and jumping on top of buildings and fighting bad guys and doing all kinds of stuff, and it's hilarious. The story's great. The humor is awesome. It is really a fun game. I. Heard it was amazing, but you know, you really don't know until you get into it. Oh my gosh. It's so well done. I can't wait to for the next session. That'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be great. I've heard some complaints that it's not a 60 frame per second game. I don't know. It doesn't bother me at all. I don't even know if it's 30 or 60. I have no clue, but it's not bothering me. I'm having fun with it. So great game. I know spider pan has played it, of course. So check it out. If you guys want to watch me twitch. Oh yeah, I should hope he should have been the first, (laughs) but yes, come, come watch Come watch the Twitch channel. It'll be fun. But I think it's about that time to wrap up. But before we wrap up, there is a very important thing that we absolutely must leave you with. Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. If I were going to talk to aliens visiting Earth, I would definitely ask them if they could resurrect Carl Sagan. Because that Neil deGrasse Tyson's kind of a jerk and he doesn't say billions enough. Well, you know what the music means. 
Thank you for joining us. This What's was it mean? fun. It was great. That's what it means. It was great. Realbrianshow.com. Go there. Check out our Patreon. Love to hear from you. We had a lot of thoughts today, so get in touch with us. Thanks, Captain Influence. Have a great rest of your week. And thank you so much for listening and joining us. The Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.